0: Always start this podcast off with a how's it how's it how's it so I thought I'd start today with aware but then I realized I've already said how's it how's it how's it so welcome back guys 2023 you're here with me Nick I'm joined by my pal Ronnie I have no idea what you've just said It make no sense <laughs> does it ever Ronnie yeah okay 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 how's it how's it how's it everybody you know what I should just actually let you start off the podcast as as all of our listeners can see, it's the we're recording on the 8th of January and good old Ronnie over here is already grumpy. so we're in for a, a good year of ranting. Hey eh, Ronnie. It's
1: because yeah, you haven't people. given me enough of a break.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I found my December pretty peaceful without you hassling me all the time. You know, I was down in Durban for the New year's uh, rugby game against the Bulls. that was really, really lucky at the stadium. Had a good joel down there. Bands there at the, the side pitch. Although it was pretty bloody muddy, let me tell you that. Or all, all the humidity. You never know with Durban, eh? <laughs> the humidity. Or the humidity.
1: What did they do? Did they just park out on all those practice fields, put briars all over the place?
0: So what happened? Yeah, they had that. And then they had a big stage set up because Rubber Duck was, was performing there as well as some DJs. And yeah, it really was well organized and a lack of joel. And I think... You know, it's not as busy as the Springbok game either. So it was a little bit easier to get a beer and all of that, which was was really lacquer. And Linza and I had quite a draw. I had Linza actually challenging Irvin to a down-down contest. But yeah, Ronnie, how was your holiday?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's strange to be watching rugby throughout your December break, something we're not really used to. So suddenly I found myself like, oh shit, I've got to pack up. I've got to go home. I've got to turn on the TV. I've got a rugby game to watch. I caught up quite a bit. Uh, but I must say it's also nice considering that our Proteas team has been doing so well swapping in a bit of the, the cricket that I usually watch over this period
0: uh, with, with some good quality rugby and, and South African rugby and European rugby and it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, like you say, and especially for us, you know, we're both Sharks fans. The Sharks have done pretty well in December. On that note, we do have uh, Butter Chamberlain joining us a little bit later in the episode. We'll turn, yes. Just sit there
1: in the corner and wait for
0: us, please. We'll be with you in a moment. <laughs> and then, you know, how was it down in the, the low felt? Was it nice and hot this December? you melt away there? It was hot. Yeah, it was hot.
1: And um, it was also cold. We had some of the coldest days of the year this past December, which is ridiculous thought, like, because it's the peak degrees. of summer. So we... no, like 23. It was unbelievable. I actually turned off the aircon once or twice really uh, swimming pool swimming pool was one of the days the swimming pool got temperature got to 36 which is unbelievable not quite bath water but as close as it's going to get so we had hot days and uh, one or two mild days that came through which was a nice break in between but yeah like i said with all the rugby a lot of the time was actually spent indoors watching said rugby
0: yeah it was lucky to be able to do that you know i was home in hearties with the family for a bit Unfortunately, the municipality there are really good landscapers, so the whole dam was covered in uh, some hyacinth. We couldn't take the boat and stuff out. But still, lack of chill at the pool, you know, wind down a little bit. And like you say, plenty of time to watch the rugby, which was lack of.
1: Yeah, I must say, I was a little bit jealous of you making your way down to Durban. Uh, I'm, I'm, obviously, obviously, it wasn't a great evening for you. because uh, Only half your team was there. I was missing, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you still had some fun.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna hurt your feelings now and say, you know, it was more fun without you, Ronnie, but I think the guys know you're quite grumpy, so it was pretty lacquer. But before we dive into the rest of the episode, I just want to give a shout out. We got our first Springbok follower in December last year, Jasper Visa. He's the first one. After we were we were raving about him yeah. in the ladder So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: we might as well unpack this a bit. So obviously I'm a very big Augustine Creedy fan, and that was go way back when Argentina found their way to Durban to play the Springboks. And he, he picked me out of the crowd and gave me a thumbs up. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a big fanboy now. Uh, but uh, I think we can agree that you're a big fanboy now, of Mavisa, because, uh, you know, you were very critical of him. Then you sort of gained, uh, you know, he gained favour in your book. And then all of a sudden, he followed the page that
0: you've been working so hard on. And now, now he's your favourite player. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good summation of the situation right now. You're going to have to ask me the question about who I want starting him or Dwayne again. <laughs> I yeah,
1: I, I don't don't recall what you actually said way back then. But um, mm. let, let me ask you, who do you want starting at
0: Springbok Eight, Jasper? <laughs> Jasper. Okay. There we go. So Ronnie, we've had a little bit of Champions Cup action while we were away. So I thought we could just take a brief overview of that. Obviously, Champions Cup coming up this weekend again. So we had the Sharks, they hosted Harlequins at home. They won that one 31. Very good game for them and kicking off their campaign well. I think more impressively, the Sharks followed it up with a 1916 away win over Bordeaux Begles. And that's actually who they are set to play now in Durban this coming weekend.
1: So can you just say, what are you, what's Bordeaux's actual name?
0: I don't know. Begles. Colin, mean, you're saying
1: Beagle? That whereas I say Beagles.
0: No. We've... All
1: right, so uh Be- Begles is 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 uh, you heard it here on, on the rugby Pants at the pod. And uh, my best friend Begles. In, in, <laughs> in best friend, it's Bordeaux. in uh, best friend, it's Begles. Okay.
0: And then Bulls, you called me out for this one, you know, 42-36 win over Leon at home. They had played with a, a much diluted team there. And then, however, the following week got a bit of a humbling by Exeter Chiefs, 44 14 You could see Stuart Hogg's smile from a mile away.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the Bulls seem to be the haphazard team at the moment. uh, Whereas I would have imagined the Sharks to be this hot and cold team. You know, I've said it repeatedly. I find the Sharks to be the world's most average team. But they've proven me wrong. The Sharks have done exceptionally well. It's The Bulls that seem to be challenged at the bit uh, at the moment. I mean, they did beat Leon, like you mentioned. We said, oh, they clearly weren't prioritizing the Champions Cup. And then they go, they pull off that win. And we said, okay, well, maybe they've got a, a master plan. But then Exeter Chief, like you say, humbling them. A Bit of a surprise though. I thought they were they were gonna the Bulls were gonna take that one, but wasn't to be. Uh, still I hope the Bulls can uh can perform a little bit better in the coming weeks. They've really struggled a bit.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. The Bulls, you know. Maybe just some teething issues with how they're splitting and managing their squad. That remains to be seen. And I mean, Jake White's been quite vocal about them prioritizing the URC. But also, I mean, we'll get to it, but humbling by the Sharks there. Yeah, and then we look over at the Stormers, the men from Cape Town. They went down in their opening fixture of the Champions Cup 24-14 to Clermont, backing it up the following week with a quite a comprehensive 34-14 win over London Irish.
1: Yeah, so Stormers, uh, not a big fan still. You things haven't changed. This 2023, I'm still not a big fan of uh, the team down from Cape Town. But yeah, look, uh, John Dobson seems to know what he's doing there. And,
0: you know, a win over London Irish, well done to them. You know, can I just tell you, Ronnie, the Stormers haven't lost a home game in over a year now, hey? I know,
1: when I heard that, I almost fell off the couch.
0: And yeah, I was really rooting for the Lions to
1: to take that win in in what was it, the URC Domestic matchup but uh, yeah, was it wasn't
0: to be so well done to the stormers yeah
1: bloody well done i'm not happy but yeah
0: well done and then we take a look over to the two south african teams doing battle in the challenge cup we have the lions they opened up their campaign with a 31 all draw against the dragons now that's a lineup we are a little bit used to considering they both play in the urc as well but then quite impressively for me a 30-12 win over stade francais for the the joburg men
1: yeah, I must say, I didn't see that one coming either. I was very adamant that Stade Francais were going to take this. You know, traditionally, if you look back at Stade Francais, I'm not saying that the Lions don't have big names, but Stade Francais is usually packed with some big-name international players from all around the world. And, you know, I just I thought they would take it. But it, it, I've, I've spoken to an, a, a colleague of mine about this one. I just find that the top 14 and the French teams are all over the place, that on any given day, any team can beat the other. So, it's a lot of competition in there. But, I mean, for them to go down to, to the Lions, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that.
0: Yeah, that was definitely a shock. And then the Cheetahs opened up their campaign with a 21-16 win over Powell. And then the following week went down to Scarlets 45-26. It's definitely difficult for the Cheetahs, though. I mean,
1: they, are, well, they won't be playing their home games from Bloemfontein. I mean, they are essentially considered uh, an Italian home team for anybody in that hasn't picked that up yet. So, you know, all of their teams, all of their games will be away. Um, so, you know, they won't have home field advantage wherever they go uh, in in the Challenge Cup. So, you know, we, we we only hope that they can perform and do really well because I know both you and I want them to do really well. And, and uh, I see that there's a point on this uh, agenda that we'll discuss some of our wishes for 2023 a little bit later. But yeah, I really hope that the Chiefs can do well and bounce back from, from that loss to the Scalmers.
0: Yeah, backing the, the boys from Blomphenton all the way, like you said, is a bit of a challenge with them having all their home games take place in Italy. But some experienced heads on that side, and I think it's great to actually see them involved in a top-tier competition again. Then, Ronnie, over to the URC. That was the action that was on this weekend. You know, we're sort of bouncing Champions Cup, URC, Champions Cup. It's, it's the way and the format that we're going to have to get used to. So, so much rugby, so much rugby all over the place. It's really, really lucky having this to watch. So the Bulls getting a 29-14 win over the Dragons. But I don't want to call it a comprehensive win because I feel like the Bulls did struggle to get a bit of momentum in that game.
1: Yeah, they, they struggled, but uh, it's, it's still not easy to travel to these places in Europe and, and, and we will we'll potentially ask Boutou about the conditions about playing north and south. But I think it's definitely, it's diffi- it's, it's not... It's not Loftus, right? These guys go over to Europe. Conditions—it's winter over there. It's freezing cold. Uh, they have to deal with, you know, rain, sleet, and snow. And um, whereas here at Loftus, it's bloody well uh, 30, 35 degrees Celsius on a cold day. So for them to go away to these, to these uh, teams abroad, and then still perform well done to them.
0: Yeah, definitely well done to them. And I mean, also you must consider Chris Smith went down with the flu. So that's uh, a quick shuffle at fly half there. I thought Christmas was on the 25th of December. <laughs> Ronnie making jokes in 2023. This is going to be a good year. I can feel it now. <laughs> that was a great joke. That was a great joke. I'll give it to you, Ronnie. Then a bit of a tough one from the Joe Burgers. They went down 33-3 to Munster. Lions losing there. But Munster really starting to build up a bit of a head of steam after an indifferent start to the season.
1: And that's what you just said it there. It wasn't a different start to the season. Not what we not. They didn't start the season off the way that they ended the previous UFC. But yeah, good for Munster to bounce back. Bad for uh, the Lions and bad for South Africa in general. You know, we, we'd hope that the Lions could score more than you know, three points. And uh, yeah, they need to work on their attack a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely true. And I mean, thirty-three points conceded. The defense also needs a bit of a look. Jacques free won't be too too happy with what's going on there. And then a surprise victory for me this weekend, which I marked out for us to chat about here, is Benetton 31-29 Ulster. You know, Dwayne Vermeulen playing his trade there for Ulster. But they are really struggling to sort of of get the results you want. You know, they're getting a win here in the UFC, then a loss and a terrible start to them in the Champions Cup.
1: Pep has it right, Uh, but that's the word. No, look, we hope, I don't know if we hope really, as South Africans, whether these these Irish teams... uh, i am going to do so well, but uh, if you if you are a neutral, you do want to see the likes of Ulster uh, stepping it up because they are a strong team and for them to be challenged by the likes of Benetton, well, it's both, you know, you've got the argument from both ends. You don't want to see Ulster struggling, but you do want to see the likes of Benetton doing really well because they beat the Bulls a couple of seasons back, um, but they haven't done too well outside of that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, funny enough, South African Rayno Smith was the one that got the winning kick there for Benetton to secure that victory. Yeah. So well done, good, South Africa. Good, good win for Benetton. Then the Sharks having quite a tough fixture against Connacht in Ireland. You know, a lot of the Sharks' uh, main starters stayed behind here in Durban, prepping for the game against Bordeaux, but still chasing that bonus point. It was a pity the one try was was called back after Lionel had already made an epic conversion from the touchline. But yeah, what did you think of that one, Ronnie? Yeah,
1: a little bit disappointed in the Sharks. Uh, so what's one of these games where I had forgotten that there was rugby on and all of a sudden there was a game to watch. And then we had load shedding and I just started the generator and we started uh, watching this game and I just expected a bit more from the Sharks, which, which didn't materialize, didn't happen, a little bit disappointed in their performance. But with that said, is they really gave a number of players opportunity to play that we haven't seen, you know, with much game time. And, and and that's absolutely critical with respect to the fact that our South Africa teams are playing in, you know, the challenge slash champions cup, the URC, and the Curry cup is going to be starting soon. And, you know, it's just 365 it's day season that these guys are, you know, needing to take part in and limitations on the number of hours that certain players can play and, and just giving, Put this, everybody a chance to play, which is good to see. So I thought there was some shining, there were some lights there and players that were shining brightly, and, and that's filling me with a bit of hope. So I may hopefully in this 2023 season or year change my mind about how I feel about the Sharks being the world's most
0: average team because, you know, they seem to have a plan and they seem to be doing a lot better at the moment. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, speaking of the Sharks, sad to now know that Siakalisi is leaving at the end of the season for Racing Metro. Still a long campaign and still a lot we can get out of the players. So looking forward to a big season for the Sharks moving forward. They seem to really have hit their stride at the moment, which is great. You know, we're recording now before the Stormers game, so we won't be able to chat about that result here. Some other action from the URC, Edinburgh beating Zebra 24-17. It's a good win for the Scottish side. Cardiff going down 22 28 to Scarlets, and then Leinster getting a narrow victory 24 19 over Ospreys. So that's all your UFC. And that's a action. bit of a
1: surprise, though, right? That's a bit of a surprise because you you know Leinster is that team to beat, right? So I mean, they didn't win the UFC, and, and our South African teams put them in the end there, but uh, they still do exceptionally well across the board in all competitions. So for them to be taken so close, well done to Ospreys.
0: No, for sure. So those are your results from, from the weekend so far. But Ronnie, just to chat a little bit, I mean, are the Lions flailing now? I don't think that they've had that many bad results in a row. I think they started the URC pretty well. Maybe a bit of a bump in the road. But I don't think you can write them off just yet.
1: No, I don't think you can write them off. And I'll probably, I'm probably guilty of uh, being a little bit susceptible to what's in the media and obviously the media being quite negative or very positive and very negative and polarizing and whatnot. So... Things that I've read have not not been haven't been speaking favourably uh, about the lions, but yeah, look, the results haven't been the worst. Um, but we do just want to see we do want to see them get a, a, some good results, so we'll string them together. Uh, we want to see the lions of three four years ago that managed to take it to the Super Rugby final back to back. We want to see that. Uh, want to see that in all of our South African teams, it just as well for South African rugby as a whole. I'd really like for the Lions to retain some of their players, some, to create some big names and also retain them. That's the sort of thing I want to see from the Lions. I wouldn't say that it's all doom and gloom there. I think the Lions supporters are perhaps a little bit negative at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's also tough to judge the Lions. I mean, they had two losses, but it was against the Sharks and the Stormers. I mean, how many box did they come up against there with a, a young, inexperienced team? So I think you must take that, you know, with a pinch of salt, those losses. Then another thing that's just been in the media a lot this week and or the previous few weeks is the, the difficulty of the travel challenges that the South African sides are facing, you know, with connecting flights and all of this. But this was the same sort of thing we heard with Super Rugby as well, complaints about the travel schedule and all of that. Is that just something that's part of the sport if we want to play in, in another hemisphere? Or... You know, is that a a justified complaint? Something that really needs to be looked at. I don't think there's much you could do about that. I
1: mean, what's the alternative? Host host the entire URC locally and then move next year, move it abroad. You know, that's that's not, I don't think that's feasible. I think that there was a massive disparity in time zones when we played super rugby, and that I I could get behind and say, well, you know, you fly there, it takes you three or four days to get used to the new time zone if you if you're playing over in Australia or New Zealand. Uh, they don't really have that now with the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, sure it takes it's a it's 10 hour flight followed by an eight hour flight or something like that. But that's just the reality of it. They have to bounce they have to get used to it. I don't know maybe if all of them sit in business class, maybe they can sleep a bit better. I don't know if that's always the case. I don't know what the budgets are for the teams. I don't really want to ask that question because I'm sure they don't actually want to respond as to how many players are actually sit in business class and can rest while traveling. And it's still exhausting, but you know, it's the reality of being a professional first class sportsman.
0: No, for sure. I think the only solution that I can see here is getting an airline sponsor on board. You know, the box have Safair here, but I'm talking about like an Emirates or or someone that you can get the players direct flights to these things. I think that would cut out quite a bit of the difficulty that they're facing with the connecting flights.
1: Well, we probably just need to go and double-check that because uh, I believe Qatar is actually
0: very much involved. Yeah, Ronnie, I think this is the perfect time that we get our guest on the show. We're joined by Sharks drop-goal ace, full-back and fly-half, Butter Chamberlain. (laughs) Butter, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. It was a bit of a tough one for the Sharks last night against Connacht. A tough game there away from home. Obviously, some of you guys are in Durban getting a bit of a well-earned rest. You know, what did you make of that game? Obviously, not going
2: to according to plan um yeah well any game away from home is always a difficult game um mm. especially with, uh, with the weather that side it's complete opposite to what we used to and in Durban. um yeah we used to sunny humidity hot and yeah some of the guys had started snowing in the warm-up um, a bit last night so it's complete yes. opposite to get used to yeah, <laughs> yeah well, saw- those tackles have
1: got to hurt if you're tackling in the snow hey
2: yeah well in the backfield 10, 15, you don't have time to sweat. (laughs) It's too cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I saw how some of the
0: boys were dressed and it it made me laugh a little bit, seeing some of them all wrapped up. And I mean, two days earlier, they would have been there in the beach with the the, lack of sun, like you said. Yeah. No, 100%. Yes. A bit of a disappointing one, but I mean, it's so challenging for you guys. I think that, you know, you're playing two competitions at the moment. It's, I mean, for us as followers of the game, it's a lot to differentiate between the competitions. How are you guys going about that? I mean, do you prioritize one competition over the other, or is it sort of a game by game thing? Um,
2: yeah, so we try and see it as game game by game. Uh, we're not trying to to look f- f- um, forward too much. Um, so we try to take a game by game focus on one one week at a time. Because if you, as soon as you get focus, or as soon as your focus goes to three, four weeks ahead um, Mm. that that week that you're preparing for a certain game your head is not there, so it's not going to be as good as it would have been if you focused on game by game It's
1: definitely, yesterday's game was definitely an opportunity to build a little bit of squad depth as well, you know, you saw
2: folks
1: that don't necessarily get a lot of game time, you know, have their chance and that was good to see, so I
2: definitely enjoyed that from the Sharks yeah, no, it just shows you the depth we have, um, and mm. like it's it's a very very good team that we that we seen across. Um, it's yeah, it, with any player or any sport, it takes a while for you to get used to the to the team around you, um, and it takes a while to get into your groove if you haven't been playing for a while. Um, I think that's yeah. why that's why we've been doing so well now because we we as a team um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, we got used to each other. Um, so yeah, you know, now it's just about going out and performing the game plan to the best of, of our abilities. Yeah,
0: that was actually something I wanted to ask for because in the last couple of weeks, the sharks you guys really have taken off as a side, your attack is, has gelled so so nicely. You know, is that a change of tactics, or is it like you say now, everything's just starting to click? You guys are more familiar with one another now.
2: Yeah, that's just we started clicking, um, like it's not just like Work colleagues that we have but we're actually very very good mates off the field as well so I think that that helps that child to like to, uh, to start between between the players no that's good and it seems like a very
0: happy camp down there in Durban I mean I was actually down for for your guys New Year game against the Bulls I flew down for it and it was lovely okay. to see the festivities at the stadium and everyone was having a lack of time and you know, as players, though, playing festive season rugby, a bit of a
2: challenge or a lot to adapt yeah, to? It's, it's a lot different. Um, I always tell my, my girlfriend, last year, this time, or the year before, I was I was out on holiday, having the best time of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, two days before Christmas, I'm playing a game. A day before New Year's, I'm playing a game. So it's, it's something we had to adapt to very, very quickly in a short period of time. Um, but it, it was nice to see the crowd come out. Um, no, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's it's not but, just about playing at strange times of the year, it's, but it's it's really become a, a full year season. Though. You, you, you're playing yeah. now, and you're playing in the winter, and you're playing when you typically have an off season. So especially the South Africans, you guys are uh, you know playing all the time. So it's, yeah. it's challenging.
2: It's basically consistently just rugby after rugby after rugby.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was the same for you, but I must say it was one of my better New Year's Jules this year of celebrating that win over the Bulls. <laughs> I'm sure you guys got a good beer in after that too.
2: <laughs> it was it was it was a it was a nice way to start the New Year's, um after a victory like that. <laughs> um and my brother, Randall, flew down as well to come watch me. So oh, nice. it was also yeah, it was also just a cherry on top.
0: But for, it's really for me. It's really a lack of time down there at King Park. I mean, Ronnie and I last year we travelled to all the Springbok games, watched them, and we always have the most fun at King's Park Stadium. They really go out of their way there to sort of you yes. know make it a, a full experience for all the fans. And I know the kids love it when you guys let them on the field after the game. And um, you guys got yeah. swarmed on on Saturday <laughs> as
2: well. <laughs> yeah, so. I that uh, that signing session afterwards was. I don't think I've ever seen that many people on the yeah. field after. That. And it was and it was nice to see, like, because we didn't expect as much supporters to come out because of what time of the year it is. Yeah. Um. So just to see what we had, like twenty six thousand people there. So for us as players, that's like, okay, we can actually get used to this.
0: But I think as well, it was the perfect opponents
2: to have for New years, because all the valleys come down yeah. to Durban anyway. <laughs> yeah. So all of them thought they're gonna come here. Have a lucky New Year's. And...
0: <laughs> we actually she showed it. Off.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we turned into our favor. You definitely
0: <laughs> gave us something to celebrate. You know, we've spoken about it a lot on the podcast um, before, you know, Super Rugby versus URC, Heineken Cup and all of that. But you're actually the first player we've had on that has a bit of Super Rugby. I think you were playing for the Sharks in 2020 when you guys yes, were actually yeah. leading and it got called off. You know, how, yeah, how do you compare the two?
2: It's two different tournaments. Um, like, yeah. I would I would say URC is, is a bit better for me. Um, it opens up more doors for us as youngsters coming through. Um, if you're looking to, like, going overseas and all of that, um, the UK is just a bit easier for us. Um, but, I mean, New Zealand and Australia, they also bring a different kind of rugby. For sure, uh, to the uk team so it's yeah both te- both tournaments were i i like i enjoyed super rugby but at the end of the day, i think i prefer urc a bit more
0: yeah i think we're, we're convinced on the urc as well hey ronnie well i started off being a big fan of super rugby and wasn't convinced about
1: the urc but uh, i must say it's won me over the urc is a, a lot more enjoyable these days yeah it's i would compare it to super rugby from like 10 years ago you know that's how excited I get about it. Yeah, I, well, I think
2: it's Super it's a bit different to what what we played at. so. But yeah. I think also the, the
0: what you call it, the Heineken Cup adds another aspect to it. Because now we're seeing you guys playing, I mean, you've got Bordeaux this coming weekend. But I mean, some yes. big teams that you otherwise wouldn't see. And there's always this call for sort of a Club World Cup. But I kind of feel like the Heineken Cup is that without the New Zealand and Wallabies teams.
2: Yeah, no, 100%, I agree. Um, Yeah, it's actually... I grew up, like, watching that on TV. Like, yes, it must be nice playing in the UK and against them. And now, all of a sudden, like, we're fortunate enough to to be part of that tournament now.
0: Yeah, not just part of it. You guys are actually doing very, very well in it so far. So, maybe we're going to have to come down for next weekend's game against Bordeaux, hey, Ronnie? Maybe
1: maybe we'll have to.
0: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) yeah. And then tell me, so obviously when you guys go over that side, you're going into a winter climate now, but when those teams are coming here, they're coming to play in heat that they're not even used to in their summers. Which one do you yeah. think is the bigger challenge?
2: Definitely for them coming up to us. Um, the, they're so used to their winter and their summers. There's not a lot of places where the summers is as bad as Durban's. Yeah. Um, that that humidity. When, when yeah, whenever a team comes across, we always pray for sunny weather, hot day, very high humidity, because <laughs> then we know, okay, the favours our in our court.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that humidity is something else. When we were there, it at least wasn't so bad over the years, but it is a
2: killer. Hey? You feel it when you get off that plane, it sort of smacks you. Yeah, and now Jan and Feb is going to be two of the worst months out of the year. Yeah, so... And a yeah, lot because of because they also
1: know rain. I mean, those Europeans they know rain, but they don't know Durban rain when a proper Durban thunderstorm comes down and it's proper heavy rain. Uh, yeah, and it's hot at the same time. I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish.
2: Yeah, that rain and humidity mixture is not an easy easy thing to do to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lucky
0: like we, we're from Pretoria, so we've always played our rugby up here back in the day when we still played. And obviously not okay. at the same level, but never in that humidity. So I can't imagine yeah, no. holding that ball is very easy.
2: Yeah, no, that thing is it feels like there's like soap all over the ball. So you have to <laughs> focus so hard to catch it, otherwise slip straight through and yeah, it's... Oh, is that
1: just is that the excuse of a fly half uh, or background
2: player? Yeah, well, if we're not gonna go through the hands, yeah, humidity, we blame us on the humidity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's it's a fair fair challenge to face that, and then, but yeah. you you've recently now started playing a bit of fullback for the Sharks. You know, is ten your preferred position or fullback? You know, I'm not sure if you played there in school or previously.
2: Yeah, so okay, yeah, I prefer playing fly off. Um, that's my that's my first choice. Um, but I did play a bit of uh, fullback at school level. Um, I played a bit of fullback. Under-21 Curry Cup, um, Super Sport Challenge, um, so it's, I'm familiar to it. Um, and it's a lot It's a lot the same as Flav. As um, the only difference is Flav, your first receiver, you have to make that split-second decision. Um, where fullback is you, you also come in and slot in as first receiver, sometimes, but generally you have more time on the ball, you have more time to see a gap or space and so it's it's very really similar
1: to fly off So I've got a, a question that would follow on from what you've just said. Now being you know a fullback having that additional second or two on the ball and uh, being able to make a, a, a more of a decision. We've had one or two guests on the on the podcast as well and discussed. Uh, now you're allowed to answer or not answer, but uh, r- the debate between Richie Munger or Bowden Barrett uh, and fly off uh, and which one you would play at fullback and 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 why and and I won't tell you who I think and, and what Nick thinks, but we, there's a fundamental disagreement between him and I about who needs to play where. So I, yeah. I, I'm just just throwing it in here, but if you can answer that, that would be great.
2: Yeah, yes, you've put put me on the spot there now. Um, <laughs> I would say Richie Mwanga 10, Bernard 15. Oof, I lost that one badly. <laughs> <laughs> We'll I'm leave it at, it at that. We won't go into too much
1: detail about that. But uh, thanks, but uh, thanks for proving me right. <laughs> <you
0: out. laughs> but also, but I've read, I've actually really enjoyed watching you play at fullback. You've been linking up really nicely with the backline, and you and uh, Ruan actually look like you play pretty well together. You guys were feeding off each other against the Bulls.
2: Yeah, it's it, it also comes down to your relationship off the field, because um, I mean, if you have the relationship off the field. Almost automatically, you're gonna have that kind of relationship on the field. Like you know, you can trust that person. You know that person will be there. So, yeah, we're very good mates off the field. Um, and yeah, love playing with him.
0: Yeah, no, that's great, and it's great to see him in Durban, and and also having Lucanio back in the centres has been has been really laka. Yeah. But uh, who's your normal roommate when you guys are on tour?
2: Yeah, it differs sometimes, um, but it's normally Magnus Potriter. He's actually had a, a crack. He's a
0: hard runner of the ball, hey? Yeah, what well, he's what? I think 104, 105 kgs. Yeah, that's Quick. a <laughs> powerful, boy, powerful yeah. runner, that, yeah. Big boy. And then, you know, I, I spoke to a friend last night and we said that we had you coming on the pod and she made me promise that I would ask about Joey your Beagle, I think he is, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so,
2: laying on the couch.
0: <laughs> really, eh? Watching, supervising.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: there we go. There he is. That's a cute dog. Yeah, she said she's been yeah. following him on your Instagram, so she had to know how he oh, was doing. It?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wasn't very happy with us earlier today because we went to the pool here next to our house, and he could hear us. But he's not allowed to come with. Oh, rather no. <laughs> we right on camera. How old is he now? He's just over a year old now. Yeah, he's a
0: flipping cute. Eh? Yeah, we got a Jack Russell about six months ago, so a little terrorist at the moment.
2: Yeah, no, it was between uh for me between a Jack Russell and. And this one. Um, I just like the Jack Russell. It's a small dog, but it doesn't take any nonsense. Yeah, quite quite and, little fierce guys. Yeah, and then this one is just a, a cuddle buddy and my girlfriend's dog when I'm when I'm away. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really awesome. It's such a such a beautiful dog. Yeah, I know it is.
1: But uh, I've got a question from my side. Uh, so I I played loose forwards. So obviously I've got a lot more superior kicking skills, bull <laughs> skills to Nick, who is a front thrower <laughs> here. Um, but uh, are there any teams, any players in the Sharks team that uh, that believe they are exceptional kickers? And uh, I don't know if there's any players that is uh, that think they can kick better than than you.
2: All the forwards, <laughs> because I don't get that.
1: <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to go with ox, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, because they don't get the opportunity to kick as as we do. So they love the challenge of saying, "Okay, let's go, me and you challenge." Um, and they, yeah, they, they They, they, they just want to do what we do, basically.
0: <laughs> so you're telling me it hasn't changed. I remember school days before the practice started. All the forwards were kicking. Still the same. Hey? Yeah.
2: Still the same, yeah. So, but uh, that c- doesn't like it because they're scared the fours are going to injure themselves before training starts because they haven't stretched or anything. How <laughs> <laughs> to do that anymore?
0: Yes, that's brilliant. That is really a good laugh, eh? Yeah. No, I think, yeah, that's all from me. I don't know, Ronnie, do you have any more questions?
1: No, that's also good for me. It was nice to, nice to meet you, uh, Buta. Yeah. And uh, I, I prove me right about putting a
0: own barrel at 15. <laughs> no, he's not very happy with that answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely lost that one. I'm going to have to check if the vote is still in my favor now or not. Thanks very much for joining us. We really appreciate you yeah. taking out the time and good luck for the, the game against Bordeaux this weekend and the rest of both yeah. competitions. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Thank you for having me as well. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a lack of chat with Butter. Very grateful that he joined us on here. You made mention of it earlier, the twenty twenty three wish list. I am curious to hear what's what's on your your wish list, Ronnie. Tell us.
1: Oh, I didn't really sit down and actually come up with a wish list here, and uh, you are asking me a little bit off the cuff. Perhaps my twenty twenty three wish list and uh, is that uh, we find the likes of either the cheetahs or the lions winning the challenge cup, finding their way into the Champions Cup to to join. Hopefully, uh, three other South African teams in next year's Champions or the Heineken Cup. Prior. So that would be very, very great to see. And if both the Lions and the cheaters could do something like that, it would be unbelievable. And obviously, from a Champions Cup perspective, I just hope another South African team uh, can can take it in their debut season. We did it with the URC. Maybe we could do it in the Champions Cup. And I just want another South African team to win the URC as well. So. South Africa teams to win the Challenge, Champions, URC, and then uh, what's that? What other big tournament? There aren't any other big tournaments in 2023. Are you
0: mad? The World Cup?
1: <laughs> no, it's not a big tournament.
0: So I, I've got the shared one of South Africans winning the URC and the Heineken Cup. I've then added to my list the box to win the World Cup. But another one for the World Cup that I'd like to see is Fiji to reach the semi-finals. I think they have it in them with the pool and, and their pathway there. It'd be quite lucky to see one of the Pacific Islands make it that far.
1: Okay, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll add to that, Ireland making it through the quarterfinals.
0: They're, well, will South, South Africa. Before. South
1: Africa, to win the World Cup, obviously, but uh, Ireland. First to meet Ireland in the final.
0: Ooh, that could be quite epic, eh? And then Ronnie, just a brief overlook. I know that uh, the Joe Marler incident has had quite a bit of coverage in, in the rugby sphere at the moment. You know, calling someone's mother a fucking whore is a bit of a, a difficult one and not something I think there's place for on the field. Yeah, look,
1: times have definitely changed, and we have to be, absolutely be a little bit more wary of of the things that you're saying. Maybe in the heat of the moment you could say something that uh that's never been an issue before, but is now an issue, and then you can apologize for it later. But I think as a professional sportsman, you probably need to take it upon yourself to be a little bit more Tactful. I don't know what's the word, reserved, Pat- yeah. tactful, right, the things that you say. I know you're also trying to say things, get under the skin of your opponent, but there's ways of, uh, of doing that without insulting the mother of, of, of your opponent. I
0: mean, yeah, and I, think, I don't think ridiculous. Joe knew that the player's mother was in hospital, um, which obviously complicated everything quite a bit. But I think RFU but, disciplining the player and giving him a majority suspended sentence is a bit of a weak message you know, coming out as if they're going to treat it harshly, giving them four weeks, but suspending two of them. A little bit silly in my eyes.
1: Yeah, for sure. So just unacceptable, in my opinion. We've got so many other things to to focus on in rugby, controversial issues, you know, referees, and how the TMO's involvements and and the new rules that they want to apply to to world rugby and these things that, you know, you can have an opinion, a controversial opinion about those things, but don't be controversial about somebody's family. I mean, that's no place in the sport for that.
0: Yeah, taking it a little bit too far. But you know, that's not the only silly thing we've seen from the RFU. So obviously we ended off last year talking about Eddie Jones being fired. He's obviously left the team. We now know that uh, Borthwick's been appointed. Uh, Matt Proudfoot being let go. We knew longer.
1: We knew a lot. We knew from day one that it was going to be Mr. Borthwick except you and your your moral code about only uh, posting absolutely true uh, facts prevented us from actually speaking out and saying it was Mr. Borthwick. But yeah, so it's official now, is that what you're saying? Borthwick, coach, England.
0: Yeah, Borthwick's been appointed, so they, they had to buy him out. They reckon about a million pound buyout for Leicester to release their coach. Matt Proudfoot not staying with England. I feel like he shot himself a little bit in the foot. You know, he could have had another shot at the World Cup. Now he's lost that, but he's been appointed head coach of Marty's for the Varsity Cup. Oh,
1: it's a massive, it's a massive rag. I want to say it's a rugby union. Marty's, is, would it be considered a rugby union? I don't know. And a rugby academy. It falls under Western so province. It's massive regardless, right? I mean, Marty's has produced some of the best rugby players out there. Just being involved with that union, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a step backwards. It's just a, a change um, of environment, change of scope. A little bit. He's still going to be invaluable there, and it's just maybe it's good for him to come back to South African rugby and get involved, you know, down in the Cape.
0: Yeah, and some head, head coaching experience. You know, I mean, we've seen John Dobson has done duty in the Varsity Cup, so maybe that's the pathway to to climb back into the South African rugby landscape. But I think it's also quite, you know, to see wait, who. Wait,
1: just before you carry on, do you think that he, that Matt Proudfoot's fallen out of favor with the current Springbok setup?
0: Not at all. I just don't think that there's space for him. We have Dion Davids there coaching the forwards now.
1: Sure. Okay. Fair enough.
0: With a new head coach comes key appointments that he makes. So, so far he's appointed Kevin Sinfield as the defense coach. They were together at Leicester. So the two of them carrying that relationship over to the international stage. I think a crucial signing for them has been Nick Evans, the Harlequins attack coach. I mean, he's the brainchild behind Danny Kerr, Marcus Smith, Andre Esterhazen. And that ridiculous attacking combo that they make. So great to see Nick Evans, you know, former all black fly half there. I think he'll land well. And there's a bit of talk now that they're trying to uh, poach Ian Peel from the Saracens. But whether or not all of this will mean success in the Six Nations and the World Cup in eight months, nine months, very, very difficult to say. I think England has shot themselves in the foot.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I think, you know, we said it before. It's, you know, you make a call and you stick by it and you wait and see what the results are to see whether you made the right decision or not. But I do think it's very short notice to be moving around coaches
0: uh, so so close to the World Cup. But I'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And then just news on another person getting the boot. You know, they don't like to call it that. But Yuri Ru has left Saru. He's been embroiled in a bit of controversy lately. So he's parted with the union. I think he was CEO for 12 years. So quite a long reign under him there.
1: But I've noticed that he's still on as a consultant. So he's, there'll, there'll be a transition period of his involvement to, to him officially leaving in his full capacity.
0: Yeah, which I think will be crucial to some continuity because him and Rusty Erasmus have quite a, a long history together and a good working relationship. But yeah, Ronnie, I think that brings us to the end of this week's episode. We're getting ready for some Hanukkah Cup action this weekend and we'll be covering all of that. But yeah, i like it to be back, Ronnie. For sure.
1: I think uh, with all the festivities out of the way, we can get back to our usual routine of uh, work and uh, rugby on the weekends, which is going to be a nice change of pace again.
0: Yeah, guys. So thanks for joining in, everyone, and tuning in. It's been great to be back in 2023. It's a World Cup year, which is always exciting. So if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred listening platform. Share us with your friends, your family, your coaches. Or that guy at the bride that thinks he knows more than you. Check you all back here next week.